Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Thinker Girls pod channel. I am Stacey June. And I am Christy Mercer. That's right. You are on a podcast channel. You get different shows, different days right across the week. And one of them is a chat with somebody fascinating that may or may not be famous. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, a lot of them are. Some of them are writers, well known for something that has been essentially thought provoking, has tickled our fancy to some degree, Merce. And this guest is certainly someone that's tickled, tickled my fancy for some time. But if you haven't listened to our show before, and some of you may not if you're listening from potentially the UK where this person is from. Um, We are two chicks that talk thoughts we're thinking but not saying on this show. Uh, We do drop different shows across the week. We do an interview show. We do a a posse podcast show where we talk to our followers about things they want us to talk about, a 411, which is about pop culture, and then, of course, the catch-up, which is us just two mates chat and talk and shit. Okay, so when you say tickle your fan, I feel like this person has done more than tickle. Your fancy. You know when you follow someone that essentially is in a part of pop culture or a part of where you grow and, 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 and shapes you, there's different shows, different music, different things that you remember that shape parts of who you are but at the time you're not really aware that they're shaping you you're just loving something sick and immersing yourself in it to the nth degree that was me as a teenager with Trini and Susanna and I think there is such nostalgia that would be and we are speaking to Trini yes that would that would be surrounding that for you right Mm -hmm. like you know you can almost take yourself and teleport yourself back to that place in your life where you're looking around for some kind of I don't know, hope, confirmation, inspiration, and then when you see it, I I remember you going on like years ago about how inspired you were by Trini and Susanna and we talked to her about this and it was a video in particular that we did back in the day that you're like, I've just had a moment. Mm. Oh, my God, this bra-fitting video where we I'd never been properly we'll put fitted it in for our, a bra. We'll put it in our show notes because we look young. Mate, I've we still were, got braces. Long, yeah. I've got adult braces. It's it so awkward. a we long did, time ago. I watched it actually like – only a couple of days ago going back through some of our old stuff and we look so tired yeah because we're working on brekkie radio brekkie radio but we had to get up so early in the morning because you were going to your radio shift and you started at nine i was doing a music shift on a saturday that i hated so anyway this is a really special one trini has done so much over the course of her career Mm. um she is a really interesting person you can almost hear it in her the way she speaks her brain works quicker than her mouth allows her to speak (laughs) which is very similar to ray morris a very Mm. good friend of hers who we had on the podcast we'll put a link in show notes a couple of weeks ago who's the one that said oh my god you need to speak she's a really good friend of of mine and true to her word shot an email off within a few hours trini 
and her PA came back and were like, let's do this. Oh, wow. And, that, and it's so amazing. And it is interesting when some people infiltrate your psyche and they feel so relatable, so homely, so lovely that you know them. And I really hope that there is some form of essence that we sit in this similar place for our listeners, Merce, because often people say, I feel like I know you, and I get that, and a lot of people would feel that with celebrities or people that are in you know, the public eye. But I, I think because we are real sharers and there's a real – and we were doing the authentic thing before it became a cool thing um, – I definitely got that from Trini Susanna. So in the moment, I don't think you really realise how much – their work and who they are pack a punch but underlyingly it it tells you to celebrate difference the shows that they did and the content they did were all about women choosing to celebrate their shape and Mm. their own bodies and and it was remarkable at the transformations people would have and and it was all done with a bit of a giggle, a bit of a bum slap at times. So I don't know if that would be okay anymore. But there was this real family kind of girlfriend vibe that I don't think you really understand how much you're left with this empowerment because it wasn't shoved in your face. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it was done so long ago. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, and before the game. Yeah. yeah. Before this all became cool. Trini is so fascinating and freaking hilarious on socials. You can follow um, her on Insta, on Facebook, um, Trini Woodle, D-W-O-D-A-L-L. I'm going to try Woodle. again there. W. I think you said W-O-D-A-L-L. Woo, we got there. Or Trini at Trini London. You can follow her as well. She talks us through her brand. And talk about overthinker and perfectionist in the best way possible. And passionate. I think she's still, you know, it's so interesting. You separate and you start to do some work on your own and you can still see the essence of what we saw as her in a duo as now herself. And that is that she is still caring about everybody finding their kind of unique take. And she's doing that with her makeup brand. So it's such a fascinating chat. How long have you two girls been a partnership? Five years. Okay. Just over five years. So I was like with Susanna for 20 years. So when you're with somebody and you work with them, um, you kind of finish each other's sentences. You become like Siamese twins. You kind of, you know, one becomes a yin and one becomes a yang. Even if when you met... You had your totally separate 100% whole personality. You sort of let 50% of you shine forth because the other person lets 50% of them and you don't want an overlap Mm. in things you're good at. So the other bit gets Mm. slightly kind of suppressed. So when I was with Susanna, I always felt she was cosy and and a kind of funny one. And I was the kind of straight-talking, angular, better-about-fashion one. That's the kind of our thing. She was better about writing. So we had defined roles. And then when people edited our shows, they kind of picked up on that and we had defined roles. So I think mm-hmm. starting over by myself, um, because I think we got to a stage, well, I knew we got to a stage where she wanted to write a book. I want to start my own business. Susanna is, has always said, she, I'm the accelerator. She's a break. But basically, Susanna would love to sit at home in, at her house doing not that much. And I'd love to always be working 24 hours a day. So there's a bit of a disparity there. And so she thought I can write my book and do it at my own pace. And she went off to do that. And then I went to start the business. And I think doing the, um, when I sort of discovered social properly and I was just, I'd gone to see Facebook and they said, go back in your bathroom and just start filming and see who's out there. Like ET. So I kind of put down my bathroom and, <laughs> and, um, and I sort Obsessed. of just started chatting. And these women came out and went, oh my God, Trini. And I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And we just sort of chat, 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 chatting. And, um, and I then 
it allowed me to just rediscover the 100% part of me because I had, mm. you know, spent so long expressing it. Because the thing is, I am funny. I'm funny because some people just think, is she really like that kind of funny as opposed to I tell a good joke funny? But I'm I'm kind of more relaxed. And when you're more relaxed, you're, you just, it flows out of you better. So I will have this mm. continuous stream of consciousness, which, you know, I could talk back of a cab, the back of anything, the back of a motorbike, and I just don't pause for breath, as I'm doing right now on your on your podcast. Because I just I just you get used to it and I haven't got Susanna to say, shut up, can I speak for a second? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting though, because I think sometimes when we've gone in and out of different jobs, I also have realized to some degree there was some part of what we were doing on air as authentic and as real as it was. And that was essentially what our brand became very naturally because we were just uh-huh. very passionate on it being yeah. who we are and not who we, mm-hmm. I guess, that bravado. There's still a level of some form of bravado when you're in a partnership because, like you said, you're playing a role to mm, a degree mm. what what do you think was the bits that you either missed or loved about the, the what I'm trying to say is what are the bits that you missed that you love now like you know when, when you kind of have that bravado or that sharing game that sharing energy game I think I love pieces. when when I make somebody I'll tell you what I probably missed is no I didn't miss but what I love now because when I, I didn't miss it there because I didn't know but what I love now is that I'll have women who, you know, just say, you changed the way I did something. Mm. And then I'll have women like, so I'm doing this this pop-up. So I, I never really have interaction with people that often. So when I have done this pop-up, I've had lots of women. I do this thing called Trini Time itself, just so people come up and they can ask me any questions. Yeah, what is that? And because I've seen it on your Instagram and I get the people. So you've started a business just to let everybody know. Um and it's yeah, so Trini we just London. Kind of did, yeah. But what's it's Trini, Trini Time? What's Trini Time? So, okay, well, there's different Trini Times. It's very complicated. <laughs> Trini Times, Trini Times, oh, a whole load of shit. But basically, um, going from being purely online to in-store, we wanted some fun thing that would allow women to just come up who follow me but maybe don't buy product. Mm-hmm. So we did this thing Trini Times. So you can come up and ask me anything. So they do. And it gives a focus to the day. But I, I was on the shop floor like 16 hours a day. So Jesus. I was kind of there. I'm still wow. there. Wow. And, and, and how, was, how, over how long? Great. Over how long, Trini? I mean, I've done it for five, six days. And I'll go back today, but later. Um, but what it does is I meet these women and they go, they come up. And I go, you know, I'm doing their makeup. And they go, you know, I say, your skin's really good. And they go, that's only because of you. Because I, I actually listen to everything you say. And then other women come up and they're dressed like me. They're dressed like, like me, head to toe. Mm. And... <laughs> And I kind of think, this is fucking great. I love it. I Because I've always been, since I was about, when I was about six and a half, I was sent off to boarding school because I was quite naughty. <laughs> and what I did throughout school, even though I went off to go and try and be a commodities trader, God knows why, but I was the youngest of I didn't six even know kids and my is. dad was a banker. Sounds smart. Um, it just, whatever, it's just a finance thing, but it's a horrible, shitty job. But even when I was six and a half, I was making over girls at school because my parents lived in Germany and they thrust me into this boarding school and I kind of made over girls and I used to buy clothes from Benetton and there wasn't a Benetton in England and I had nice, you know, skincare and and, because I had really bad spots. So I just loved sharing info that I felt could help somebody else. It's always been my passion. 
whatever I was doing. So even when I was like in my early 20s trying to trade commodities, think of trading places, it's like a really old film, mm, mm. Um, but that's sort of what it was. Um, I just thought, you know, I love the time when at the weekend girls come over to my bathroom or hang out in my wardrobe and I restyle them or I give them a new skincare routine. It's kind of been my passion since I've been in my early 20s. And I had very, very bad acne till I was 30. So I had everything in my bathroom you could imagine. Um, and some really shitty stuff too. So I kind of got that feeling from all that time ago. And so when I was with Susanna, half of that stuff, like skincare and makeup stuff, I wasn't doing so much. So when I've started now on my own, I love the fact that I can do anything mm. that's within the premise of what people trust me to be able to tell them about. I feel like what comes along with that is, and just the way that, you know, the what we get from you and even speaking to you now, I think there's a like just a general good base of self-confidence, right? Because as you said, from a young girl, if you're going, hey, I've done this thing, you should try it. Like there w- comes with that a kind of backing of your own opinion to tell somebody else to try it too. I mean, I, there's an ocean of insecurity before that, okay? There's an ocean. There was like my 20s were spotty, not knowing what I wanted to do, unlucky in love, that kind of real classic 20s. Mm. So the 20s weren't great. It wasn't probably till my mid-30s that I met my first husband that I went into a career path where I thought this is actually something I want to wake up and do, not a job I need to do to earn money. And so when I made that decision of just thinking, what the fuck, I'm, I'm going to stop all this kind of what I think I should be doing as a career, which I was being very unsuccessful at, and trying a job a year. And I thought I'm going to start. And how old were you? How old were you at that point? I was like 30. I was 31 when I got my first break, which was writing a column in The Telegraph. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was 1996 and that gave me, you know, it was an idea for a column of showing everything that was around there and then, and, but this is before we had the internet or anything. And you kind of got stuff in magazines that was six months old. So it was like, I wanted to show a woman that Saturday what she could go out and buy. And I wanted to tell her what to avoid. I wanted to tell her about a bit of skincare accessories. So that's where the germ of the idea started. And then from that moment, I had kind of, I was always doing what I wanted. And there's probably were 10 year cycles. So there was like really good 10 years, you know, sold 3 million books, did 20 20 TV series, um, you know, lots of different things. And then suddenly nobody in England wanted us anymore. And I was like, woke up one morning, Susanna was off to have a second baby. And I was thinking, what on earth? And then something else came out out of something random um, to do a TV show around the world. So then we did that. We went to like, 16 countries including australia i remember this you know and we did we did that and i thought that's great and then that came to an end but it came to an end at the stage where i was thinking it's now been a long time it's been 20 years and i really want to build a brand and i really want to get this silly little idea i have sitting on my kitchen table and i want to make it successful and then what was the idea well i had What what was sitting on your kitchen table i'd had always an obsessive compulsive disorder i have many but one of them was kind of getting all my products (laughs) and my skincare and my makeup and putting them in little pots because i was traveling like i would go on a monday to a thursday um abroad so every single week i took like and you don't want to take right. the whole fucking palette. It's so like, annoying. Yeah, so yeah, I'd yeah. switch because everything. It's too down. heavy and it, yeah, yeah. Everything. And then also I kind of 
you know, I had my own way of making a colour. So my perfect tint for my lip, for my pigment in my lip, was a mixture of Benetint mixed with some Bobbi Brown, mixed with something from Tarte, mixed with something else. And they were like four things together to get this colour and texture I wanted because nobody kind of had exactly what I wanted. So I made this stack from little Muji pots, which I think you get in Australia. And I then yeah. Dymo labeled them, which is that little machine, looks like a mini typewriter, and you put in, you type up the label's name. Oh, I mean, yeah, obsessed. So anal, but love. It's like yeah. bumpy, bumpy on the outside. Oh, is that the one? Like yeah, where it's, it's like fan, that it's bumpy fantastic. label? It becomes a sticker. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's, it's the most exciting thing ever. So I, I, I sort of did this. And I'd be in a in a bathroom around the world and a woman would see me put all my makeup on from the stack and they'd say, what's that? And I'd go, that's my makeup bag. And they'd go, where do I get one? And I would like think, why the fuck aren't you starting this training? So after like the umpteenth time I got home and um, I met a woman I hadn't known really well who ran, she was the global head of beauty at Mintel, which is a big research company. And unbeknownst to me, she'd gone off and she'd researched everything she knew I wanted to do with this business, which is like do personalization, great queen-based products. And she came back and said, Trini, of the trends of the next five years, there's five big trends and four of those trends are in your the thing you want to do. Damn well wow. done. Oh my God, which, which were what? Were, what, what were, were the four trends? What were the four were, trends? They were queen-based, more natural beauty, uh, yes. personalization, yes. Paying for yes. quality, paying for quality in a recession, and yes. one other random one which I don't remember because it wasn't a part of the brand. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. best ideas do come from that sense of it's something I know I'm going to use myself because as I'm the main advocate of the brand and as my name is above the door and as I live and breathe Trini London I could never develop something which I wouldn't use every single day over something else mm. so like my biggest fear when we were launching before we launched was any category that I had something out in if somebody brought something out in that category, I'd have to go and try it straight away with this fear in my heart that it would be better than mine, you know? And so far, I haven't, like, any foundation I try, I think, God, mine is better. Thank God. You know, like, I just, I know what I wanted from the foundation. I knew I wanted it to be something that melted in your skin, 
that didn't look like it was on your skin and that we chose our colors so well that you could buy online through match to me and you get a better match for your skin than going into the local Mecca. Do you ship that's you what ship I want internationally or is it still is it just in the UK? Darling, ten percent of my purchasers live in Australia. Get out. So ten can buy. I didn't even um, know. No, we they could do. Ten percent. Ten percent I ship to sixty eight countries. Yas Queen, yas. Yeah. How the hell are you doing match? How are yeah. you doing and, match? Because like I can't even get Trini a freaking, London.com, guys. But I can't even get a match properly in person when the lady's putting it on your neck in the back of your hand. So how are you well, doing the thing that online? Is, what's Well you go you haven't even been on the site, have you? She hasn't had a go at match to me. No, I have had a look at the site. I haven't done the match to me thing. Okay. So when you do match to me, the thing is, whenever you do personalization online, so if anyone has a personalization idea out there, this is just the thing, important thing to remember. You have to bring a human face into it. It's not just good to have a clever little question. So we have kind of, we start with the simplest things most women will know. What's your eye color? What's your hair color? Then we say, what's so your I'm skin shade? So I'm doing and it. So I'm doing it. white green. Green eye color, blonde hair. So I'm mm-hmm. doing it as you say this. Okay. Yeah. All right, and then you get on to skin, okay? And it says there's six different categories you can go into. And we do white skin to really dark brown skin. We do porcelain to dark brown. So you're going to kind of think, where do I sit in that? Where do you sit? So at the moment it says lightest, light, light, medium, 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 dark, dark. I'd say Dark is black, light, white is light. Light, medium? For me? Light to medium, Yeah. yeah. That's me, yeah. Tan. Do you choose? Do you choose your natural skin color or the color that you are most? You of the choose time? yourself before the fake there tan go. went there on you. Go. Okay, so see, I, I always choose mine with a tan. I do too. Because I always have tan on. So yeah, I know you do, but trust me for a second. Okay, trust okay. So I'll go yeah, light because yeah. I think light is my actual color. Okay, so why do you do that if you're wearing tan ninety nine percent of the time, though, Trini? Because I'm going to talk to you about tan. So I'm. A, it says porcelain olive. Peaches and cream or pale olive. God, these are very specific. How do you even break What colour is your hair colour? I'm the blonde one. What colour is your Your peaches and cream. I am. So what? But oh. I'll tell you the thing. So so basically, your skin tone is peaches and cream. But I'm going to put you in light to medium mm. because there's one there called light tan. Mm. And it's for girls who wear fake tan and they have peaches and cream skin. Oh, my God. How, spe- oh. how do you even create a site that okay. makes it that specific? That's insane. Yeah. Because we did a 1,000 women to get all our information. Wow. We made over a 1,000 women. So wow. then you, my darling, I'm now going on to – so that's what you are, your light tan. So you so would wear Stacey, a foundation yeah. called Amelia. Amelia. Yeah, and then, and then when you go through the site, you'll now see people – who slightly look like you. So it gives your match to me return and it will show you all the shades you suit from our range and only show you the shades you suit. If you want to look at all our shades, you look at the site normally. And at the bottom, it shows you the Trini tribe. So there's 60 women that I photographed and one of them or two of them, there's going to be Grace there, whoever else is there, will be looking like you and you can click on it and you can see the looks they have. Or you can just oh, search wow. through the refined palette. How, how long, Trini, did it take to put this website together? I mean, like... Uh, two I'm- years. Because what you have to do is you have to test and test and test. And also, we have to make sure that every... You know, we don't have every permutation there because there must... I think there are 1,750 different combinations of skin, hair, and eye in women. If you take into account unicorn hair and grey hair and everything. We haven't got it all in there. So somebody with purple hair, green eyes, and black skin put their that in they'd probably get a woman with 
black skin and blonde hair oh my God, because it means she's got a very dark skin and a paler hair. Um, so we'd have to go further away to the closest because there's one or two really random unicorns. Um, but if you are anyone who fits in a general spectrum across the world, um, you'll probably be find something close in there. Did and this... then what happens is people it... order stuff and they get the right colour. And you know what else? I want. I mean, this is an answer to your question you asked three three hours ago, okay? <laughs> but the thing about confidence, because um, I did want to say this, is that I used to care a lot, and that's how we started the conversation off, in my 30s. Because yes. I, yes. I, that's I right, felt 31. really ugly. Yeah, yes. Yes. Spots. Yeah. 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 And you weren't, spots, you weren't ticking really the boxes I, that you're supposed to tick it when you're 31, apparently. I was the boxes. Yeah. I had really unfortunate relationships, but let's not go there. <laughs> um, you know, everything was like, ugh. And then, and I'd also come out of, you know, just taking too much of everything and having to kind of go away for a bit and come back out and reinvent myself. So I was quite raw going into my 30s. But it allowed me to strip back all those bits that I thought were excess baggage and start over. So I did get a lucky break doing a column in a newspaper. Mm. But also I started to build my career and my life on a foundation as opposed to what I can perceive mm. to be before on quicksand. Mm. You know, I had that feeling in my 20s, somebody would tap me on the shoulder and say, I found you out, Trini. And that was just all insecure, mm. not liking myself Looking enough, over your filling the hole the with other stuff things. Yeah. So it was built from exactly. a real place of yeah. genuine, raw yeah. authenticity. Yeah, and then and then also that a lot of regret. And then in my 30s, I came into myself, but we were working really hard. So by the time I got into my mid-40s, I hadn't given myself time to look back and think, hey, it's quite good you sold 3 million books yeah. or you mm. did 24 TV shows. But I just didn't, because we were running, running, running. So then I got into my mid-40s, stroke late-40s, and, you know, suddenly I was thinking, what am I going to do? And I had that process by, I thought, I don't want to travel the world doing these TV shows anymore. I'm exhausted. And then I, you know, made a decision to separate from my husband and kind of started again in some instances. And then, you know, circumstances happen in your life which make you become a certain way. And... I had, you know, my daughter lost her dad a few years ago because he, he killed himself. And so certain things may, and also I think that having to start over myself doing nine IVF to get Lila Fuck. made me get to us and also having about seven friends of mine die when I was 25 and I got sober, but they died from addiction. It sort of made me each of those things made me more and more think, don't look back and regret mm. because it will eat away at you. You cannot afford, you know, I do with my staff do sometimes say, I wish you'd done this. And then I bite yeah. myself and I think, you know what? All it's doing is making them think, well, there's nothing I can do about it. I feel shit about myself. And that's what it does to me because I know that if I go, oh, I wish I'd done that. I'm living in the past. I'm living in what I felt I should have done a different way, and then I'm making myself feel shame. Yeah, that shame is so toxic, so I think, isn't it? That we you know, we constantly, so yeah, especially as women, all yeah, the time. It's, it's crazy. All the time. We're so, so unaware I think, of it you know, all the time. The nail in the coffin, for want of a better word, was probably when Johnny killed himself because I thought I was powerless over that. You know, if I had done this or picked up the call or told me this, you know. Would it have changed anything? No, because once somebody is on a mission to kill themselves, 
they will come. It's true. Yeah. Or they will do it's everything true. There's a decision. If somebody has a cry There's for a help, it's a different yeah. thing. Yeah. Suicide you know, is a decision, decision made. Yes. And I, it, yeah. It's a decision made. And, and accidental suicide is a cry for help that didn't get Trini. Answered. You know, so when when yeah. you said before about working with Susanna and you were constantly, you know, for a, a period of what whatever it was, but you know, more than a decade of working, 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 not yeah. really taking time to stop, smell the roses, appreciate, look at what you had been able to achieve and create together and individually. Where did that? Where did that come from? I mean, naturally, you as you said before when we started recording, you're a worker. That's what you do. You're constantly, you know, thinking, sprouting new ideas, etc. But was like. Was there a motivation from we better make the most of this while it's here? Was there a fear that would all slip away if you stopped working or are you just naturally somebody that's... I think at the beginning we just had an opportunity which we picked up. So we were offered the column and we did that and then we were spending forever doing that because, you know, we both felt we had to do everything equally. So we'd both write, we'd both do the shoot, we'd both choose the clothes. Susanna was great at writing I wasn't so great. And Susanna was appalling at styling and I was a bit better. <laughs> and then over the years, we then got better at both each. So we became more efficient so we could do more. So, you know, the column took us a whole week and then the column took us three days. And then somebody from TV was starting a new show and they did a pilot with us and then it didn't work. And then a year later it worked. So kind of things just grew and evolved probably at the right time. And we never, I mean, there were moments when I thought we're doing too much when I was kind of really thinking I'm not having a day off for ages. But when we got weirdly to those places, it was taken away from us. So we started after our columns do an internet business and I employed like 60 women. We raised seven million pounds in three months. It was what like the, the beginning of dot com. <laughs> Where'd you pull that from? Like what the that's hell? not on your bio. We yeah. missed that part. <laughs> I know. Jesus. But but then in two years it went and it was because we did too much too fast. It was too mm. early. The idea was kind of great. And it was too early. And then there, weren't mm. enough, there wasn't much traction online. And so it was taken from us. And then I thought, what am I going to do? And then six months later, the BBC rang and said, that pilot we did six months ago, we'd like to do it. So it's like things evolve. You know, our first book sold 13,000 copies. So when we were doing the BBC show, they said, do you want to do a book again? And we were like, mm, I don't know. And um, they said, okay, well, we won't give you a high royalty. We'll give you like 5,000 pounds, but we'll give you 20% of anything that sells over 12,000 copies because they thought they won't sell over 12,000 copies. And we sold a million copies. So, you know, we had some <laughs> They'd be kicking themselves really, in there. That was my best deal, I tell you. Amazing. That um, and so, um, so there was, you know, times that things came and we were ready to embrace them and we were ready to do them. There were times when we did too much and then it was removed and we had to start over. So it wasn't all, it was kind of two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward. Oh, it's so Do, poignant Yeah, we're, 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 we're looking, looking at each, at each other, other, goggling our eyes like, out because we're like... Well, we, I, got, we got fired from speak? our radio show last year and, and we've just had a year of come to Jesus a bit. And it's been interesting to watch oh, that because yeah. you do. I think when you first get a big blow, you go, it's all over, you know, and it, it, then you yeah. pick the pieces back yeah. and you start to re-sculpt to actually why yeah. you started doing it. And and it's a, lo- it's a long game. It's yeah. definitely a long game. Mm. And there'll be a reason. There's always a reason why. Mm. Some, I mean, it's such a corny thing to say and everyone will say to you as your good friends, well, something, something better is around the corner. Yeah, you're not, you're not no, saying, but it makes sense. But it makes sense. It makes sense. Judy's right. And so yeah. are you, Trini. I hope, I, you know, I really want – can I just tell you how much I really want to come to Australia? Because every single morning 
I do an Instagram live, okay, and I just ch- jabber on about stuff. And it's I obviously it. when all the Australians are awake. And, er- oh, and every morning they say, why don't you come to Australia? And I think, because I was going to come October half term, and then my brother is coming at Christmas with all his kids. So I thought, okay, I don't need to go then. And then I still get every morning. So I was thinking, should I go March? March. Yes. I just want to go. I want to set up shop. I want to. I want Mecca to call me and say, Trini, come on in and do a week in Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah, yeah that was and, quite good. Uh, we'll only take ten percent. Yeah. Okay. Excellent, Trini time. Um, and that's what I want to happen. So if anyone from Mecca is listening, please call me. Well, don't you? you <laughs> um, and what about and your mate just, Ray? Surely she's got some bloody hookups. Well, Ray Morris was the one that hooked hooked you up with Ray. us. We're freaking obsessed. I know. With so when you came here, I mean, you you must still have an idea of style now. How do you define? an Australian woman's style? Like what, what do you, do you think it's different from state to state? It so depends where she lives. Oh. It so depends. Okay, Melbourneites, black. Yeah. They all wear black. Yeah. You know, because it rains the most. They're all in black and they're kind of like, it's sort of, you know, there's a tremendous amount of it. Paddington, you know, it's like Notting Hill, hippie dippy chic, um, and cool girls and lovely little boutique shops and, and they're wearing in the street what's Hippie in the little boutiques. Um, you know, Sydney downtown, um, a mixture, you know, but just that colour, there is colour mm. there. Um, so I just think that there's a sophistication because now you also, when I went there, there was Willow and there was Zimmerman just starting and oh, there yeah. was that other one, who's the kind of one who went to, the, not Cynthia Rowley, but is it Cynthia Rowley? Which is the other one who did this kind of, like, dosa dresses. They were silky, like, night, night dresses, and she did Ah, uh, Camilla. Um, oh. No, Are you talking about Camilla? Maybe. No. The caftani vibes? No, no, no. Like, like, oh, my God, there's so many amazing designers. Yeah, there's so many that. amazing designers, and I think that... You forget that that hasn't been forever? Yeah, that hasn't yeah. been forever. That's the thing. And there's also, like, if you look at skincare, there's incredible skincare brands in Australia. Um, and there's a real knowledge and sophistication about ingredients, which I love. So I, I, I would be so excited now because when I was there, Susanna would like be in her hotel room eating the delicious food and I would be, you know, paving down Paddington, looking for the new boutique, the new designer, the new interesting person, you know, person, because I kind of loved the take on fashion and things in Australia. So I think it's kind of much, much cooler than or there's a higher percentage of women who are making an effort than when I was there 10 years ago. Because there was still a lot of crocs. Like whenever I saw a croc, Mm. I literally had a pair of scissors in my (laughs) handbag. I had a pair of scissors in my handbag. Any woman I've met who was like willing to do the show, I just say, excuse me, I've got another pair of shoes in my bag here. Can I just take those off your feet? And I cut them up in front of her. Trini, they're starting them young now. There's baby crocs. Like there's a whole range. There's croc gumboots, croc croc. thongs like it's, it's, it's so awful. scary yeah i want to say uh, before we let you go i want to ask i guess from somebody that has been on the ground we create women we create content for women as women but it isn't this idea of oh we're this feminist podcast we just are women and like to tell our story yeah that's who we are yeah I think as somebody that has lived it, breathed it and worked alongside and in front of in some very intimate situations with all kinds of women, what do you think the common thread is? And I know this is ridiculous because we're complex, but when people are dressing themselves or with beauty, what's the common thread of people's doubts within themselves? 
I think we feel something about ourselves that we pick up in our 20s and we live with the memory of it for so long that we still believe it's there. So if we're thinking, we look in the mirror and we see, you know, that we had a dark circle in our 20s, we sort of see it in our 50s or we felt we had spots in our teens, we still think they're there in our 30s. You know, there's things that... Um, mm. you know, that we just carry kind on. of carry on. And as much as somebody might say, you don't have that anymore, we don't necessarily believe it, you know? Mm. Um, well, it's not Well, it's not about what other people can see. Yeah, and I, I think I that with, it, with sort yeah. of women helping women, um, you know, there's all this sort of Me Too campaign, which goes over my head in terms of just, I, to me, it's a more uh, a core thing about just making women feel that other women can help them feel confident. That's my most important thing to give another woman. And because if she has that, well, I think that, then you she see that. doesn't ever put herself well, see in that through situations. Everything. So it's like, how can we mm. give each other as women confidence? And and also, you know, we have this little slogan inside Trini London's box that says, be your best. But it does say be your best. It says, be your best dot, 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 which means to me, what do you define as your best and try and do that for your benchmark? And if you don't know, ask I a friend. I think that's so interesting and important because I think so many times, even earlier when you were talking about that product on your kitchen table and everyone goes to that idea they have in their head, they're comparing it to your kitchen table product. Yeah. And the interesting thing is we have kind of put this umbrella over all of what is best instead of trying to celebrate that different idea or that individual Mm. difference that we find in ourselves. And I think that is, it's so true that when we kind of harness that or have a a better foundation of supporting each other's differences, that there is a much more stable place to start from, right? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Oh, Stunning. What a delight it has been. Oh. I mean, we, we can't. Come. We need to have oh. a champagne. Oh, we would just die. We would actually it's just die. Orange is like, it just needs to happen. Yes. We can't. Yeah. I mean, yes. we, oh, Trini, oh, we are going to put the links to all um, the of the things we spoke about today. Right. The Match to Me, Trini London. Um, and we can also follow you, Trini um, Woodall, on Instagram. Oh, hey, are you sad the party's over? You don't need to be because we're still partying over on Instagram. The Thinker Girls is where you can find us. Catch a bro by. This podcast is presented by Stacey June and Christy Mercer. It's also produced by me, Stacey June, and produced and edited by Jordan Lott. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.